Good afternoon. You are listening to Today in YGK on CFRC 101.9 FM, CFRC.ca, and via podcast on Spotify and iTunes. Brought to you by our news team, Alexandra Fernandez, Chancellor Miracle, Chris Laurie, Zayden Vergara, Dinah Jansen, Cindy Gibson, Erica Singh, and me, Kareem Mosna. Let's begin with your local news rundown. United Way of Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox, and Addington have announced a new youth peer support program. The program will work with youth aged 16 to 24 on a referral basis. Youth seeking support will then be matched with trained peers with lived experience over the age of 18. This past summer, Resolve Counseling hired a youth program facilitator with the financial support of United Way. Director of Community Services at Resolve, Tara Everett, says the facilitator is working with youth and agencies to really develop a model that works for our community. We want young people to know they are not alone. We want to help support them to build hope. It is youth supporting youth. This community-driven initiative was identified through a special youth mental health committee spearheaded by Kingston Health Sciences Centre and United Way KFLNA. The committee discussed multiple challenges youth often face when they are in crisis or discharged from hospital. Youth identified that having a peer walk them through this experience would be a tremendous help during this transition. According to a release from United Way, following the development of this program and a pilot period for the next year, the program hopes to expand further to include more youth and agencies in the community. The Kingston Humane Society has over 90 cats currently available for adoption. In an effort to find homes for as many of them as possible, the KHS is launching a Homes for the Holidays campaign. For the month of December, all adult cats will be $50, while senior VIP or special needs cats will be available for $25. The regular adoption application process will still apply and applications can be accessed on the KHS website. Executive Director Gord Hunter says our goal is to get at least half of these cats into loving homes before January. We've had another year of operating well over capacity, and one of the consequences of being over capacity is that many of the cats have longer stays. We're appealing to the public to help us find them a home. According to a release from the KHS, during the holiday season, animal shelters can find themselves bursting at the seams. As foster volunteers are frequently unable to care for animals over the holidays, and the public is more concerned about strays due to the inclement weather. This combination can bring even more animals into an already overcrowded shelter. This is why it's important to find the cats that are available for adoption a forever home in order to make room for those that are returned to the shelter at this time of year. According to a release from the KHS, while the Humane Society has more than 90 cats available for adoption, the total number of cats in care is far higher. This discrepancy is due to the intake process, which includes addressing medical issues, surgery waitlists, and stray holds. Stray holds is the time the KHS must keep an animal in care before placing it up for adoption. Homes for the Holidays began on December 1st and will run through till January 1st or longer, depending on the campaign. The 2022-23 Kingston Climate Action Fund has announced three projects intended to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and provide a suite of additional benefits. The fund invites community members to get involved by donating to support projects proposed by the Frontenac Club at Daycare Integration Program, Sustainable Kingston, and Onguanada. Mayor Brian Patterson says this fund is a great example of working together to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and with the support of the community and the generosity of the Kingston Community Credit Union, we can make three more ambitious projects feasible. 
The Climate Action Fund is now in its third year and it's seeking to raise $112,308 to support three community climate action projects with all of the funds raised going directly to these Kingston charities. The projects include the Frontenac Club Daycare Integration Program, which looks to build retrofits to create 20 new licensed daycare spaces in Kingston and a new wheelchair-accessible preschool and infant rooms. The retrofits will improve energy efficiency and reduce greenhouse gas emissions. Onguanada is looking to raise $19,600 to purchase an electric wheelchair transport bike that can take residents of Onguanada on outdoor excursions in the Kingston area to help maintain mental and physical health. The electric bike will provide the necessary support residents need, and of course it would reduce Onguanada's contribution to greenhouse gas emissions by taking residents out on an electric-powered bike instead of a fossil fuel-burning van. Sustainable Kingston is looking to raise $33,198 to purchase an electric vehicle to replace gas-powered vehicle use. The electric vehicle will be used by the residential energy auditors when they perform home energy audits across Kingston. Donations to the fund will be accepted at all Kingston Community Credit Union branches with the KCCU committed to matching donations made through the bank up to $5,000. Donations will also be accepted at the Kingston City Hall Payment Center and also online through Canada Helps. As of January 6th, 2023, Pascan Aviation will be pausing air service at YGK Airport. YGK Airport Manager Aaron Winterstein says forward bookings on Pascan are not where they need to be. This is not an issue with safety or support from our partners and residents. Currently, travelers cannot book directly on the Air Canada website, use aeroplan points for bookings, or speak with an Air Canada booking agent. We are pausing service until those levels of customer service can be met. Travelers can still book travel from YGK Airport to YUL Montreal through January 6th by visiting the Pascan Aviation website. Travelers who currently hold tickets on Pascan Aviation will be honored through January 6th. The south entrance of the Lemoyne Point Conservation Area is set to close today as Cataractwood Conservation conduct improvements to the South Access Laneway, which will necessitate closure of the south parking lot and laneway for the duration of this work. The closure is expected to last until Friday, December 16th. Cataract Conservation staff will be posting signage to inform visitors of the closure and to please refrain from going near the work site. A contractor has been engaged to perform resurfacing of the laneway because it has reached its end of service life and it is no longer feasible to be maintained in its current state to ensure viability and safety over the long term. The contractor will be removing the degraded surface material and regrading it to allow for a more solid base to the new laneway. Users are asked to access Lemoyne Point through the north entrance, which is off Coverdale Drive. And that's your local news rundown for today in YGK. I'm Kareem Mosna. Now, if you're passionate about the local music scene, well, Cindy Gibson has your local artist to watch. Hey everyone, it's Cindy from the Indie Wake Up Call, and I'm here with another local artist to watch this week. Now, here's a band that I know some of you just saw recently, November 25th to be exact, at the Grad Club. And this is a band called Lotus Shaker. You might have seen their posters all over town. Uh, they were really cool. Anyway, you might know their six-song powerhouse debut, Face Yourselves, and they gave us two singles in 2021, 3 a.m. and Seraphim. But Lotus Shaker hit us with their first full-length album in 2022 entitled Venus Eyes. Now, don't be mistaken. Lotus Shaker is a straight-up 
hard rock band. They hit the rock scene in Kingston full force in about, it was around 2017 when they put out the, the first singles. And they've played all the major venues and festivals. And they feature uh, a guitarist, Dan, and it's rooted in heavy blues, but definitely rock. And powerhouse vocalist, Brittany, really takes charge. This is a band that can leave their audiences very exhilarated and honestly exhausted after a show. So I highly recommend you check them out on social media, Instagram, Facebook, all the usual places, because the band is a lot of fun and they'll show a lot of behind the scenes. It shows them putting up posters for their shows and getting ready and asking the fans what songs they want to hear first. Those are really fun things that I really recommend you check out from them. And in the meantime, we're going to play a track called Half Awake from Venus Eyes again, which they just released in 2022. I'm Cindy with the Indie Wake Up Call on CFRC. Tune in next week for another local artist to watch. Hello and welcome to Campus Corner. My name is Erica Singh and here are your campus news headlines for today. The AMS met on Thursday, December 1st for their monthly assembly. The meeting opened with updates on the SAF annual audit as well as the AMS's move to the Rideau building, stating that all services are open for operation in the Rideau building and the Queen Center. The Vice President of University Affairs then shared updates on past AMS events which took place since the last meeting, such as an orientation summit which discussed this year's and future orientation weeks. The new External Social Issues Commissioner was also announced with George Drayden, Artside Class of 26, taking up the role. The VP also shared their experience representing the AMS at Queen's Park in Toronto last week where they joined with the Ontario Undergraduate Student Alliance in advocating for undergraduate students across the province. They also met with a number of members of Provincial Parliament and hope that this meeting will benefit Queen's students in the long run. Next, the Commission of Social Issues shared future plans for events such as the yearly Queer Prom or QAM, which will take place in February. The Office of the AMS Secretariat then shared an update on the referendum which took place last month. All but two fees passed. As this AMS meeting was the corporate special general meeting, most motions included sharing updates on work that has been done since the start of the year and plans for the future. The chair of the board of directors shared their three main goals for the future, which are to look towards the hiring effort for board members in the 2023 year, professional development and senior management's PD seminar, as well as updates to the AMS constitution, which are currently in preliminary development. This was followed up by updates from various faculty societies such as NSOC, RESSOC, ACES, and more, who shared updates on matters such as their orientation plans. In other news, eight Queen's University students have been nationally recognized for their exceptional research and leadership achievements with Vanier Canada Graduate Scholarships and Banting Postdoctoral Fellowships. Jointly funded by the Natural Sciences and Engineering Research Council and the Canadian Institutes of Health Research and Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council, these awards recognize students who have demonstrated exceptional scholarly achievement and leadership in their research fields. This year, more than 200 students and fellows across Canada will be receiving an investment of $34.7 million. 
in funding over three years to support their top-tier research. To learn more about these students and their achievements, visit the Innovation, Science and Economic Development Canada website. That's all the headlines for today. Now here is some important information regarding closures over the winter break. In order to maintain a quiet study atmosphere during exams, you are required to leave residence at 3 p.m. the day following your last exam if you live in residence. If you want to live in residence over the winter break or need to extend your move out timeline, you need to register on the residence and dining portal now. All residence services such as front desks and dining close at 12 p.m. on December 22nd. The last dining hall meal till dinner on January 8th will be brunch on December 22. All retail outlets will be closed for the duration of the break but will reopen with limited hours starting January 3rd. That's all for Campus Corner today. Now over to sports. Hello everyone, it's now time for the CFRC Sports Update. I'm Dinah Jansen, filling in for Zayden Vergara today. Queen's University's men's volleyball team had a doubleheader against the undefeated McMaster Marauders, and in their first match, the Marauders won in straight sets 3-0. to zero. And The second time around, the Gales put up a fight, and after taking the first set, the Gales dropped the second set in extra points. They fought back to force a fifth and deciding set after the Marauders took the third set, but ultimately fell to the undefeated Marauders in a close match that went the distance. It was a hard weekend for hockey in Kingston. The Kingston Frontenacs lost 4-2 to the Flint Firebirds on Sunday afternoon at Leon Centre, and both the Queen's University men's and women's hockey teams were unable to find a win this weekend. The men's team played against the UQTR Patriots on Friday, losing in overtime 0-1, and played against McGill on Saturday, losing 2-0. And the women's team had a doubleheader against TMU, losing their first game 2-4 and coming up just short on their second game, losing 2-3 to three in overtime. Current and past members of Queen's Cross Country ended their fall season with some outstanding performances at this weekend's Athletics Canada Cross Country Championships. And leading the current Queen squad were Roman Miranov and Jude Wheeler-D, who tied in the U-20 men's race. Both athletes broke away from the field around the 5-kilometer mark and decided that both deserved to win. Miranov was named the official winner with Wheeler-D placing second. And first-year athlete Tana Huglin placed an impressive 16th and now awaits to see if they will be placed in the Canadian National U-20 cross-country team. And on that note, that is all the time that we have left for sports. Zayden Vergara will be back with us next time. But now over to Chris Lowry with the Community Update. This is Chris coming in with your Community Update for this week. To start us off, Calling All Artists, submissions for artwork donations are now open for Union Gallery's beloved annual fundraiser, Cezanne's Closet 2023. Union Gallery invites student and professional artists of all kinds from all disciplines to donate artworks to their annual fundraiser, Cezanne's Closet. In anticipation of the virtual ticketed event, Cezanne's Closet 2023 will also include a fundraiser preview exhibition at Union Gallery, co-curated by Queen's Art History graduate students Anna Douglas and Cicely Haggerty. All funds raised directly support their future programming so that they can best support our communities and provide exciting and free workshops, wellness programs, artist opportunities, exhibitions, and more. Artists are invited to submit up to three ready-to-hang artworks each. 
Artwork in a variety of 2D media is accepted. Paintings, photographs, drawings, prints, etc. As well as small-scale sculptures. During the live event, ticket numbers are drawn at random. Submissions are juried on a rolling basis by Suzanne's Closet 2023 co-curators. And selected artworks will be displayed at Union Gallery leading up to the virtual event. To submit artworks, complete the submission form on the Union Gallery website by December 10th and selected artworks are due at Union Gallery by 4.30 on December 14, 2022. Staff will be on-site to accept artwork drop-off on three dates, from 11 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Those dates are Saturday, December 10th, Tuesday, December 13th, and Wednesday, December 14th. If you have any questions, reach out to ug.cezannescloset at gmail.com. So artists, be sure to apply by December 10th, 2022. Visit the fundraiser preview exhibition at the Union Gallery January 17th to February 4th, and attend the virtual live event on February 4th, 2023 from 7 to 10 p.m. Sing, read, and be merry at the Kingston Frontenac Public Library this holiday season. Join one of the library's festive programs and events for children of all ages. Join the Jingle Bell Swing on Saturday, December 10th, as KFPL rings up bushels of fun in a special play-based Saturday Storytime event, Jingle Play. Families are invited to get their jingle on by participating in games, songs, and seasonal movement at the Isabel Turner branch. Admission will be on a first-come, first-served basis. Don't miss out on festive family storytime Saturday, December 17th. Storytime is happening at both the Isabel Turner and Calvin Park branches. On the evening of Tuesday, December 20th, drop by the Calvin Park branch for seasonal family fun night. Enjoy holiday music and a puppet show of the classic tale, The Elves and the Shoemaker. And a newer seasonal story, Bear Snores On. Admission will be on a first-come, first-serve basis. Finally, newborns and pre-walkers are invited to register for Jingle Bell Babies on Wednesday, December 21st at the Kelvin Park brand. Parents and caregivers will enjoy a festive combination of stories, songs, and rhymes. For more information about December activities and all of the library's special events, visit the Programs and Events section of the library's website at kfpl.ca. Thanks for tuning in to today's community update, and now I'm passing it over to Dinah with the weather. Thanks so much. And now it's time for the CFRC weather report. Tonight, we'll see clear skies becoming partly cloudy this evening with winds south at 40 kilometers an hour gusting to 60 with a low plus two. On Tuesday, December 6th, we'll have cloudy skies with periods of rain or drizzle beginning in the morning. Winds south at 20 kilometers an hour gusting to 40 and becoming light late in the afternoon with a high plus five. On Tuesday night, we'll have cloudy skies with a 70% chance of showers and a low plus four. And on Wednesday, December 7th, cloudy with a 40% chance of showers and a high of 6 and Wednesday night cloudy skies with a 30% chance of showers and a low plus 3 now over to Alexandra Fernandez with the City of Kingston traffic report Thank you so much. I'm Alexandra Fernandez and here I am with your traffic report brought to you by the City of Kingston Lower Brewer Swing Bridge will be closed until further notice Sydenham Street from Brock to Johnson will be closed on Tuesday, December 6th from 6 a.m. to 7 p.m. University Avenue from Union to Earl will be closed until January 21st, 2023 at 7 p.m. And Wright Crescent from the south intersection of Palace to 16 Palace will be closed until Jan 31st, 2023. The School Streets Initiative is in place and will be in place until June 29, 2023, with the following streets closed from 8.40 a.m. to 9.10 a.m. and 3.20 p.m. to 3.50 p.m. on weekdays. McDonnell Street from Earl to Hill and Sydenham Street from Ordnance to Colburn. The third crossing roadwork on Highway 15 at Gore is still in place. It is an active construction site from Ascot Lane to Point St. Mark Drive. 
from John Counter Boulevard from Montreal Street to Ascot, an additional left turn lane on the west side of the John Counter Boulevard Montreal Street intersection has been opened. Access from John Counter to Village on the River Apartments is currently shut down. Residents have been notified to use their Montreal Street access during this temporary closure to JCB. Pedestrians will be able to use the temporary access path north of JCB, which will be maintained at all times until the bridge opens up later this month in December. Cyclists will be single file on JCB and proper construction signage will be provided. Traffic signals at the intersection of Ascot Lane and John Counter Boulevard will be operational when the bridge opens up later this month. And an additional hydro pole and electrical is going to be added to the parking lot west of Ascot intersection, so just keep that in mind as well. Highway 15 and Gore Road, traffic signals at the intersection of Point St. Mark and Gore will be operational when the bridge is open this month. Access through the south leg of Point St. Mark at Gore Road remains closed and the temporary access within the fence down to the storm pond is now cut off. The only access that is available to use is through the library parking lot. Some more general notes, access to the library parking lot has been moved to the new entrance at Point St. Mark. Access to the Pittsburgh library parking lot will be maintained at all times and cycling and pedestrian signals have been activated to assist cyclists and pedestrians in crossing the road at Gore Road and Highway 15 intersection because of all this work that is currently going on. Some other delays that you can expect for this week, front road from Sandy Bay Lane to Country Club Drive, you can expect some traffic delays due to lane reduction to a single lane in each direction until the end of the year. Highway 33, east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard, you can expect some delays as well. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone. Jackson Mills Road near the KNP Trail is reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements but does remain open in both directions. And Stewart Street, from St. Lawrence to University, um, you can expect a lane closure from December 5th, so today until Wednesday, December 7th, from 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. each day for service disconnections. That is your weekly traffic report, and now on to some events for the week. Thanks so much. Now it's time for the CFRC events calendar. Coming up on December 6th and 13th, BIPOC students are invited to the Yellow House at 140 Stewart Street for some open study space between 5 and 8 p.m. both days with refreshments available. No registration is required for this drop-in session. On December 7th, the monthly open stage drag show is happening at Grad Club at 162 Barry Street from 8 to 10.30 p.m. And the event welcomes performers of all experience levels. To register, email rowenaway at gmail.com. On December 8th, a.k.a. Autonomous Social Center at 75 Queen Street is presenting an Anarchist 101 workshop from 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. All are welcome and masks are encouraged. Also on December 8th, Mountain Community Theatre opens their performance of Miracle on 34th Street at Domino Theatre starting at 7.30. Visit kingstongrand.ca for ticket information and performance dates through December. On December 8th, the Big Fat Horn Band Christmas Show with special guests Deb Feely, Kat Dion, and Savannah Shea will take place at the RCHA at 193 Ontario Street from 8 to 11 p.m. Tickets are $25 and available at the RCHA Club. On December 10th, the Kingston Chamber Choir will hold its seasonal concert at the Isabel Bader Centre for the Performing Arts from 7.30 to 9.30. Visit queensu.ca backslash Isabel for ticket information. 
On December 10th and 11th, the Kingston Holiday Market will take place at the Tet Centre for Creativity and Learning between 11 and 5, featuring 40 local vendors and free admission. And don't forget that CFRC's funding drive is currently underway. Help support station operations and innovative projects, including the development of our new accessible website and a radio theatre camp for local youth next summer. Visit CFRC.ca and give the gift of radio now. And that's a wrap for the CFRC events calendar and our program today. Don't forget to subscribe to Today in YGK and The Scoop podcasts, available via Spotify and iTunes to get your campus and local news on the go. From all of us on the CFRC news team, thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this podcast produced at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University, situated on the traditional territory of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples and brought to you by the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science.